This is the Rolling with Tay podcast. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay, and this is episode 16. And on this episode, we have Melissa. Um, I met Melissa back in 2016 in, I think it was 2016, in Costa Rica. I was out there with my mom and my aunt and my cousin, and we went on this tour, and I met Melissa, and I met her friend Terrence. Um, Terrence, I think, was going home, <laughs> and was left on a tour was Melissa, myself, and my family. And after that, we just hung out the whole time on the tour, got to know each other better. And then I find, I come to find out that she lives in Harlem. So <laughs> I met someone in Costa Rica who lives uh, probably less than 10 miles away from me. So ever since then, we've stayed in contact, even trying to plan some trip together. We, did, we, we haven't gone any trips together, but we, <laughs> at least we attempted. <laughs> like, we attempted, yes. We attempted. But yeah, so I want to talk to her about traveling, a little bit about running, and then represent we, which we'll get into a little bit later. But thank you for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm fortunate to know all the cool people and and they get to invite me to do all the cool things. So thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, man. Um. So we'll just get right on into it. Um, What sparked the interest in traveling? Um, I, I think the interest for traveling, it was always there being West Indian, born and raised in Trinidad. Uh, In particular, uh, my grandmother's from Tobago, but I was born and raised in on the island of Trinidad. Um, Like most West Indian folks, you know, they have relatives that immigrate to different parts of North America, different parts of Europe. So I have uh, a few aunts that uh, moved and they settled in New York. So even as a child, like coming to New York City, that was something that I did pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, so try like summertimes, Easter vacation, we would go to Tobago or Sister Island um, and we'd spend, you know, vacations there. So getting on a plane wasn't, it, it was just commonplace for me. So I didn't really think of it as, oh my gosh, I have to go see this world. It was just kind of part and parcel of what we did. Um, I, I think for me, like what really made me be like, oh my gosh, like it's a big world out there and I have to see all those things. Maybe in high school and then into college, coming into college, where in high school, the geography and the social studies that you're exposed to, at least for me, it's all these cultures mm. and communities on the other side of the world from me. And, it, you know, you think like, oh, my gosh, like there are people that dress like this and they look like this, but I may never actually ever make it to where this you know where this happens and to Mm -hmm. witness it in real life and then coming here I started living here when I started college as an undergrad student and I've continued living here 20 something years later since then and just having friends like making friends from different Caribbean islands or different regions of the world And, you know, you start noticing the similarities or the differences Mm -hmm. between your cultures. 
And it's like, hey, I, I want to see where you grew up. I, I want to hear that language for myself. I want to see that dress code for myself. I want to see that food being made um, for myself. So I, I, I think that's where it came, at least for me. It wasn't like this big epiphany. It just was a natural evolution. So mm. yeah, caveat, my dad, one of his hobbies is... Um, besides, you know, playing cars and stuff like that, he's he is a, a historian to his heart. Mm. So we always had books about the continent of Africa in our home and and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always learning was always happening in Asia, whether we were <laughs> at school or not. <laughs> learning was always happening. I'm from a family of educators, so learning was always happening. Okay, so. Nice. Nice. That's yeah. how it should be. That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's yeah, that's pretty much it. Um in a nutshell. And as you mentioned in your introduction, Terrence, who we went to college together, mm. he works in the aviation industry. And uh, you know, he because of the nature of his job and the accessibility, he would you know, travel and go to all these places. Mm -hmm. And even then, it just never really occurred to me to just kind of invite myself along to do stuff, you know. Um, Fast forward into my adulthood, left teaching uh, for a few years, and I was just kind of waiting for the universe to give me a sign, some kind of epiphany to know what next what to do mm-hmm. and the universe said that you 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 need time to yourself you need to be selfish it's okay to be selfish um and take time for yourself and by taking time for yourself go on trips it doesn't have to necessarily be out of the country mm-hmm. go to atlantic city for the weekend and go by yourself like there's no need to wait you know, for anybody to be a plus one or your plus three or your plus five or whatever, just go. And that's what I, that's what I started doing. Um, just whenever I had a weekend or relatives were in town or something like that, Hey, let's, let's go to Connecticut for a few days. Let's go to Atlantic city for a few, you know, for a few days. Um, so the travel bug started then like really trying to expand my like be diligent I should say about where it is I wanted to to go and what I wanted to see in that was probably 2013 2014 ish I feel like um so as I said I I left teaching so I had nothing else to do in the day because uh, I, I call my friends or so all teachers, I call them at 1 p.m. And they're like, you know, I can't talk to you right now. And I'm like, well, why you can't talk to me? Because clearly you answered my, you know, my phone call. And they're like, because I'm at work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had to find ways to channel my, um, my free time. So running was one way how I channeled my free time. Um, and just seeing all of the United States, at least as much as possible. Um, that I could. And, and I think most people, they kind of travel, like if you live in the tri-state, you kind of travel along the eastern seaboard. So most mm-hmm. people, you know, that's how we start. Um, and my same friend Terrence, he had just moved to Hawaii. He wasn't living there very long. 
Uh, so he's in a new place. So and he's like, come visit. So I ended up staying two weeks out there in Hawaii with him, like one week on the big island, then one week he lived in uh, Honolulu. So one week there mm-hmm. and uh, came back home. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and continue seeing the world. And as I said, I had all this free time on my hand. Expedia and Google, you know, <laughs> all the search engines were my friends. And that's just kind of what I did all the time. I'm, I'm a planner mm-hmm. by nature. Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of track flights and I'd find, you know, affordable flights to wherever. And that's what I did. So I think after Hawaii, the next thing I did was um, I ended up, I think I flew out to Seattle. This was solo. So this is my first like solo stuff Mm. in the country. Mm -hmm. Flew out to Seattle, took a bold bus from Seattle to um, Oregon, to Portland specifically. Mm -hmm. And then flew back from Oregon back to New York City. And I was just like, this is so amazing. Like, this is this is really nice. Like, just this freedom to be out here and to not be on anyone's schedule, to yep. get up, go do whatever I want. It, 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 was, it was a great experience. And I was just like, Melissa, I can't believe, you know, you're 30-something and you're now discovering this like like you could actually go see shit on your own you know like Mm -hmm. you don't really need a group of five to go see the world so yeah so that's how that started um and not to get too long-winded because i know i'm sure you have other questions to ask (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's really where it started for me um and it's like well if i can if i can do this if i can travel to these states on my own like where else can I find a cheap ticket to go to and go explore on my own? So, yeah. Well, that was great. I'm glad <laughs> you said all that because now I have a bunch of questions. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. First question. How many states have you been to? Oh, you know, I counted the other day. Um, I think I'm up to 20 somebody. Oh, that's really bad. If I, I'll, you know, I, I counted the other day, Tasia. I think <laughs> I've been to like 20 something states, no more than 30 okay. states okay. so far. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, how many countries have you been to? How many countries that I keep track of? I've been to, <laughs> I've been, I've been to twenty four because I, no, and the reason why I keep track of it because my daughter, she's, you know, she's she's will be twelve in a a few weeks so she's a hop and a skip away from 12 mm-hmm. um and so she's always asking like you know these places that you like really valid questions about mm-hmm. the places that i visited and the places that she wants to visit um so i have her like track in her phone also all mm. the countries that we've been to and all the states that we've visited or either she's visited you know with relatives or something like that um, so yeah, so I'm up to 24 cause I'm trying to see how soon I can get a few more on that list. That's really good. That's really good. Next question. Uh, it's not enough though. Not <laughs> listen, enough. listen, listen, <laughs> listen, it, it, one is enough. So as long as you, you know, you got, 
I feel you though, because I'm not I'm not up to twenty. I think I'm up to like twelve. That's still good though. Twelve countries, twelve countries, but drum roll, um, mm-hmm. um two states. And when this episode comes out, <laughs> two states, I, no way. And when this episode comes out, I'll have one state <laughs> to go. No so, way. No, but but side note though, how I ended up like stepping up my international travel game uh years ago i was like oh i want to meet somebody whatever and one of my friends was like well okay well how am i supposed to sell you you know to to to, to the bachelors out there like do you speak any foreign languages mm. have you been to at least 10 countries and i was like no <laughs> and no and he was like oh well we're gonna have to work on that because i don't know so that really lit something under me mm. also and I was mm. like I'm gonna show you I'm gonna get my 10 stamps okay I'm gonna get my stamp game up so here we are 20 something <laughs> <countries. laughs> that's really dope though what's your yeah. so out of those countries mm-hmm. that you've been to thus far what is your favorite one you visited my favorites um well it's a it's a two for one Kinda Tanzania and Zanzibar, since mm. they're technically uh, part of the same territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't even call that a vacation. That was an experience. Mm. Like that's just in a category by itself, and there's everything else. Kenya gets an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> no, because it's it. I mean, like I I loved Kenya and everything, and like I love Nairobi. Mm-hmm. But landing in Tanzania, first of all, it's you spend the whole day practically flying to get there, right? Mm. Um, and then when you land, it's just a sea of black people. Mm. So everywhere you turn, it's, it's like people that look like me, people that look like you. It's just, it's just all of us, right? Uh, so, so that was eye-opening. And then leaving the airport, everyone kept saying to us, welcome home, welcome home, mm. welcome home. Like, mm. you don't hear that. At least I never heard that anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. I visited. So it was, it was a lot, you know, on the trip. Um, we get there and day one of the trip after like a few hours of sleep, we get up and we, you know, we start our adventure going to the market. Mm-hmm. And as we pull out, we were, we had a guide with us. So she kind of mapped out everything for us. And she was with us, you know, all of the time. Mm-hmm. So leaving, the, you know, leaving the Airbnb and we're pulling out to head to the market. And these Maasai men, they come like running up to the vehicle because you know they're known um we stayed in we stayed in dar salaam so it's the city mm-hmm. but they are just known to be very trustworthy so they kind of get they're always the ones that people hire for watchman jobs yeah. you know if they want to come into the city and earn an income and stuff like that so you know they're pulling out of the driveway and we see these Maasai men and it's like literally a history book coming to life so mm. you see the red and black traditional fabric you see the beading you see the white sandals you see the walking stick and we just all kind of panicked because 
Like, you don't, you don't, you don't see that in New mm-hmm. York City, mm-hmm. you know? So we were just like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? What's happening? And our guy, she had a really good giggle. Cause she, and, and that's when she told us, you know, they're the ones that usually do all of the security work, you know, throughout the city. So, so that alone, after like three hours of sleep, kind of woke us up. Mm. We, we get to the market and it's a huge market. It's like, think of a market the size of Barclays Center. And then there's a sub-level to it, right? Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And I and we walk in, and one of the first things I see um, in, in the Caribbean, we refer to in Trinidad in particular, we refer to it as sorrel, that drink, but it's, it's a flower, hibiscus. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this looks familiar. Like, I know what this is. And I, I asked the guy, and he, I'm like, is this sorrel? I asked our tour guide, and she's like, yes, it's the hibiscus. And then I said, how much is it? And I mean, the, the, all the spices and everything, they're so fragrant. They're so fresh. So you can smell everything through the packaging. And uh, it was like three bags for five U.S. or something like that, mm-hmm. which for anybody, when they, you know, they, they're listening, they know that's a really good price. Because it was a huge bag. I was like, let me get my wallet here. Hold on. <laughs> and I just, I started shopping, you know. I started shopping because it was like, it was a piece of home. Home mm. as in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the world. Like, I, I couldn't believe, like, what I was seeing, what I was smelling, what I was mm. hearing. Like, even walking through the, the market. Uh, the vendors, they all addressed us in Swahili because they just assumed that we were local. Yeah. And when they weren't responding, our guys, you know, they were laughing. They're like, oh, you know, they think that you guys are local. That's why they're talking to you in Swahili and not talking to you guys in English. And it just, it felt so good, Tasia. It mm-hmm. just, it felt so good to be in something like that, like, and again, you're seeing the Maasai, they're just kind of walking around the market, like, seeing all these men and women, whether they're in, like, Western wear or traditional wear, and just all coexisting in this marketplace. So that, that for me, was, like, really great. The food, the fruits, the freshest food and I've ever had you know we talk about farm to table like no that's really you want lobster please hold they're about to go to the ocean to go catch bread. <laughs> like literally, literally um it was it was just an experience you know one of the nights that we were this is on zanzibar now one of the nights that we were there heading out to our restaurants and there was a traditional wedding happening like in a clearing on the side of the, 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 I guess the highway to get to the restaurant. And our guy was like, Oh, there's a wedding happening over here. And she's like, you guys want to go? And we're like, of course. <laughs> so we pull over, you know, and they were very accommodating and everything. They let us stand there. And, you know, I have my shoulders on, I have a skirt on and then my man, I'm, thinking they're probably wondering what sort of Muslim is this with a short skirt <laughs> on, her shoulders exposed. But it was just so good to bear witness to that. And again, it's like you're seeing your 
mm-hmm. your history book come alive. It's like seeing something you want, you see on National Geographic, like, yeah, and not to fetishize yeah. any yeah. of it, but it's like to see that come to life. And that's day to day for them, you know, yeah. but for, for us, it was like, we don't see this every day. So, yeah. So for me, that was, um, that was just really, it was an experience all by itself. And I wouldn't even waste my time to compare it to any other place because mm. you can describe it as much as you want. It's just something Mm -hmm. you have to witness. It's something you have to experience um, on your own. Like the beauty of the people, the food, the culture, the land, the water. You just, you have to see for yourself. Tanzania and Zanzibar. So, yeah. Um, That's when you went for your birthday, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do you know, it's crazy though, because, okay, so people listening, right? So remember, Tanisha said we went through traveling. My birthday is in December. Mm-hmm. Tanisha, yours is in May, if I'm correct, yeah, right? Yes, yes. So, I mean, December is Christmas time. You know, people are with their families, they're around, whatever. So it was just, a, it was a delayed birthday trip. So we had, Terrence and I initially, we were like, okay, we'll extend the invitation to a bunch of people. But he's like, you know, low key, you know, nobody's gonna show up, right? It's just gonna be two of us. And I'm like, that's all right though, because we, we're good when we travel together. Like yeah. he yeah. knows how to tolerate my foolishness and he yeah. just deals with me. Um and then the trip switched from because it wasn't even Tanzania originally, it was I think we were gonna do South Africa and Madagascar or the Maldives and mm. South Africa, like something like that, right? Something like that, because he likes water sports like things that you can die he likes yes. those type of stuff. <laughs> um and i don't even know how it ended up switching but it ended up switching to turkey to tanzania to zanzibar to kenya and then back to the united states of america <laughs> and uh, everyone kind of dropped out yeah and I was just like, F it. I'll go on this 10-day trip by myself. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. canceling. And then two of my other friends who I travel with also, they were like, we're coming. So it was, it was actually going to be three of them initially. But one person, she just started a job. So she couldn't take time off. But she just, you know, started that position. So she couldn't go again. So it was three of us that went, that did that Tanzania-Kenya um, trip. So, Yeah. Yeah, I saw the pictures and I was like, dang, I couldn't make it work. I don't know, but I mean, you you had a good time in Vietnam, though. Like, I'm yeah. just, listen, this might be the year that I have to go ahead to school. Yeah, I might have to go ahead and get a doctor's note, girl. And <laughs> 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 head out there because I feel so bad. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we haven't been able to do a trip since then. <laughs> and, and then this year. Yeah, this year I was like, hey, Colombia. You was like, actually, <laughs> I just got back from here. Yeah, I like, no, but I, <laughs> I, I liked Colombia though. I liked Colombia. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was fun. It was fun. So, yeah. yeah. I liked it. And thank you for the information too. Yeah, no, no problem. Especially that tour guide, you know, because, yeah. I mean, it's refreshing. Now, when you travel and you see a lot of us, yeah, 
as the tourist also. So that's really refreshing. Um, and then to also see that it's us out there too doing tours and stuff like that. I'm like, yes, let's go on ahead and recycle these dollars. I'm all for it. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So that's um so that's pretty cool. And what I at least in in, in my opinion, uh my observation that depending on, on the country, um you know, the population, if they are are of African descent and they see tourists that are there that are of African descent or they're from the region, mm-hmm. they get way more excited yeah. about you than, you know, when we think tourists, what we typically see. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? They, so that that was um really cool when at least my first time I went to Jamaica, I, I, I surprised my younger brother with a trip there. He had never been. He's always wanted to go. And everyone was just so shocked that one, we were brother and sister, like we were not a couple because my brothers are giants and then there's me. <laughs> you know, my sister's pretty tall too. My sister's 5'11 and again, there's me. So for people listening, I'm not that tall. I, I, I barely made it to 5'3", like barely, <laughs> right? And my, my brother's one is six feet, one is six four. My sister's 5'11 and there's me, right? And they were like, you, you guys sure? You sure this? He's not older. I'm like, no, I am the adult on the strip. You <laughs> run everything by me first. Um, and like all the touristy stuff that we did, mm-hmm. the locals and the other tourists, they were much more interested in my brother more so than me mm-hmm. because, you know, hearing my brother speak, you know, we're telling them we're both born and raised in the same place. But I sound different from, you know, my brother having lived here and, and my, my my accent is watered down a bit, mm. you know, to a degree. So they are much more fascinated, you know, talking to him about Trinidad than, you know, talking about Jamaica. So, so that, yeah, that's been our experience, even coming through Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really see passports from Trinidad very often. <laughs> So they were, you know, in the airport, they were like passing my passport around mm. and they're like, look at it. Like, look at the different places she's been to. I mean, they were, they were really polite and everything, but that was very cool to see because again, it's far as hell. So it's not, yeah. I, if you're going to, you have to make a deliberate decision, you know, to spend 15, 16, 17, 18 hours traveling right? <laughs> to, to get to a place. So it's, yeah, they don't, they don't see passports from Trinidad and Tobago there very often. So they were very excited to see, um, to see mine. So that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, shucks, I get excited when I see us traveling. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, like, you know, I want to give them the fist. I want to like the, like, I see you. You yeah, <laughs> I see you too. You know, especially in places where you quotation marks around. It's like we don't traditionally mm-hmm. travel. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just. It, and one of my good friends, which is also my travel partner, like we talk about this all the time. Like uh, we there, like we're traveling anywhere that um, our passport <laughs> and our dollars yeah. will get us. We're going to see. You know, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm there. We're, Vietnam, 
I tell the story all the time. People looked at me like I had three heads. Like, why you want mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I can. Because right? I can. You know, and I, I try to I try to avoid um the regular touristy places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm in a country because it's like ugh, that's that's like it's overdone like you don't need to see my pictures on this beach because everyone's been here let me find another beach that people don't go to often so mm-hmm. that kind that that governs like where i want to go mm-hmm. um and then also where you know i have visa free mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that also um plays a big well that's really the first one and then from there i kind of navigate um from there and yeah and that's how my my trip to london to go see my sister run her first marathon that's how that got yeah that's how that got really complicated um because the initial plan was just too costly Mm. and i was like this makes no sense i could visit a whole bunch of other countries and I just, like, I swear to God, Tish, I think I was just in bed and I flew up and I'm like, I'm going to go to Malaysia. Like, literally, <laughs> I, I, have, I have no clue what motivated me to go. I have no, no idea. But I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the long way to London. If I'm going to spend all this money, mm. let me make it worthwhile. Mm. And then I... I so I had that. I was like, okay, I can just do Malaysia and then back to the UK. And then again, Terrence, who is affectionately referred to as my travel hubby, because you saw us being polite there when you met us. But <laughs> uh-uh, girl, if you get him on the phone now, he wouldn't, as I said, he tolerates my foolishness quite a lot though. Um, but yeah, so I was like, you know, what do you like? What do you think? Like, you know, and he was like, Singapore is right there, Melissa. Mm. Why don't you just go to Singapore after? And I was like, perfect. So Singapore got added. And this is all solo, okay? And I was like, all right. So after Singapore, how the hell am I about to get to to London now? And I found my flight. And it had a layover in Qatar. I was like, ooh, another stamp. Here we go. And then, yeah, and then I got to London, saw my sister run, landed here in New York, and I had henna on my hand. Mm-hmm. So the, the customs and border agent, he's like, where are you coming from? Like, London. And he's looking at me, and he's like, no, really, where are you coming from? <laughs> I'm like, sir, London. And he looks at my hand. I was like, oh, I got that in Qatar. And he's like, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, where are you coming from? So I told him you know, my whole long about we getting to London and he starts flipping through my passport and starts asking about like the different places that I've been, like, what do I like about it? Mm. But not, not, not interrogating me, like legit having a conversation. Like he's trying to map out a vacation for himself. Right. And the people behind me, they're like looking because we, you know, you're in the airport. You just want to get out, get home and get on with your life. And I'm like, sir, is there, is there anything else that you need from me so I can go on ahead and, you know, go take a shower and stuff? And he was like, oh, have you been here? Have you been there? And I'm like, mister, this is not the place for this. This is not the place for this. Give me back my documents and have a blessed day, you know? So, yeah, so that, that um, I've encountered that a few times where... 
you know, they're looking for to stamp whatever in your passport or they're doing whatever with your passport and they start flipping through all my old passport. That one's expired. Um, and, you know, they see all the stamps and they just, you know, then suddenly it's, it's like two or three people gathered around my documents. And then I'm like, <laughs> am I in trouble? What's happening here? So, but yeah, but that's, that's cool as a black person to experience that. Like, yeah, as you said, we outside too. Exactly. That's how you got all them damn stamps. You go into London, you go, I'm going to Malaysia, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. Yeah, listen, <laughs> we, we are finding flight deals, cheap deals, just like, you know, some of these other folks out here, our non-black folks out here. Um, for that, that, you know, that's the only thing for me. I think that's why I'm still at 20-something in, in my travels because mm-hmm. of my teaching schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm limited as to when. Um I can fly because it's not like, you know, some people you, you find really good deals, $200 round trip to go to Barbados, but you got to go next weekend, yeah, yep. you know, for four days. If I had a different job that had that kind of flexibility, oh, for sure, I'd be one of those. Mm-hmm. And I'd be flexing on the ground too with my $200 <laughs> round trip. Okay, I don't give a shit. Because guess what? Guess what? I use my money to get here. Okay, exactly. not judging anybody else exactly. who doesn't use money. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so what do you prefer better, solo or group trips? Uh, it depends on the purpose of it. Solo, if it's I need to clear my head, I need to reconnect. If it's self care something like that that's that's the purpose that solo trips they serve for me it's on that trip it's just totally about me Mm -hmm. um on solo trips I always pencil out one day to do nothing Mm. and that do nothing could be wake up whatever time and go back to sleep Mm -hmm. that one day could be all right well you know what today i'm just gonna do room service today and just never leave this bed you know like one day to do um something like that and group trips it it depends on where it is i'm going uh because at least how i usually plan my trips for a calendar year once I get the school calendar Mm -hmm. I start marking off the days you know that I have vacation stuff like that and then the two point people that I always travel with I send my calendar off to them because they they have flexibility and I don't Mm -hmm. and they have those dates and then it's like well all right what are the two countries or three countries that we really want to see? And then, yeah, that's how we, that's how I do the group trips. But for solo stuff, um, it doesn't even have to be out of the country, mm-hmm. you know, I just, just to be by myself, like literally by myself, which has been very difficult to do yeah. because, you know, of this panorama and everything that's happening outside, <laughs> but it's been really hard hard to do and I for me solo trips is how I reset so it's like my fingers really close to the reset button but I I just haven't been able to press it just yet so Mm -hmm. 
that's what I'm hoping for. Like the chance to just go on a trip and truly be by myself um, mm-hmm. for a few days. And then I think, you know, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll be better. I should say I'm okay, but I'll, I'll be even better. So. <laughs> What about you? Solo or group? Or have you ever done solo trips before? No, I haven't done not a real like solo trip. Like I've gone to like a conference by myself, mm-hmm. but not a trip I've, trip. Not a trip trip. So, um, yeah, I don't know where that. It was supposed to be New Mexico. Oh my like, gosh! Well, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and invite myself to that because that's on my travel list. So, well, actually, pick another state for a solo trip. <laughs> <laughs> listeners i'm notorious for inviting myself places on trips just to fyi okay um so but then i was like um i will bring my mom along because she wants to go mm-hmm. see the state or whatever so mm-hmm. i'm like where am i gonna go should i start mm-hmm. should i do a solo trip in the united states first get my feet wet right mm-hmm. and then you know, branch out into international. So I think it will be um, a stateside trip. Mm-hmm. I don't know where yet. I don't know when, okay. but I, I, that's how I'm going to do it. Okay. Sounds good. But as I, far as I could do it, yeah. You know, group trips, you planning those trips, man. But see, it's like this <clears throat> this is where I'm going, especially like for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is, I plan everything out. This is, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to see. You're mm-hmm. free to come. You're free to partake in these activities. If you don't, that's perfectly fine. I'm not one of those people that we have to do everything together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Like I'm not. I'm not going back and forth. This and that. Like, yeah. I. I don't. Because <laughs> I'm just waiting. I. I will go on this trip by myself. <laughs> no, I. I. I hear it's like finding the right group of people yeah um to travel with and and running has you know taught me that lesson too because it's one thing for us to like run together in the park on the weekends mm-hmm. but it's something totally different for us to share a hotel room for three nights mm-hmm. you know right so yeah yeah totally different and and you know again through running that's how I also was able to visit states like you got to go for the race you know um so that's how I ended up visiting Chicago and uh, San Francisco Mm. and and yeah that it was the actually that race in San Francisco was the last Nike women's half marathon so that one was really special too because we didn't know it was the last at that time, but it was oh. the last. Um, and just even getting out there, like the whole, it was just uh, craziness, you know. Um, but a lot of the people that I met on that trip, mind you, um, the folks that organized the trip, they had rented out this mansion in Wine Valley. Mm. And it was a bunch of people there. And it's like, you know... Your 10 friends are hanging out at a mansion. What do you do? You invite five more, right? <laughs> so it's just like a house for like almost 40-something people. Not all 40-something what? of them were staying there. But at a point, like it was like 40-something people there. And I didn't know anybody. Like the one girl that I knew, 
she was one of the folks organizing everything. And I was like, well, all right, Melissa, time to go ahead and break out that social butterfly because mm-hmm. you're just going to be sitting in a corner by yourself. Yeah. Um, and fast forward, we had some plumbing issues. The landlord kicked us out, like 20 something of us. <laughs> So we had to go pack up in like another person's uh, apartment. And yeah, the, we've, we've like legit some of those people that were there in that apartment five, six years ago, how many of a years ago, I am still friends with those people, some of those nice. people, because yeah, it was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Jesus, please. Jesus, Jesus, be a flight right now because this, this too much. This is too much. So yeah, so running has afforded me that opportunity also to meet some cool people and go to some cool places too in the country. I haven't done any international races, but yeah. Oh, that's dope. That is dope. Um, I do want to get a little more into running. I just have. A couple more questions about traveling, right? So how important is traveling to you? And then how important is traveling with your daughter at this age? Like, how important is it that she travels with you? So traveling, traveling is important to me because as a classroom teacher, you know, the population that I serve, their children that look like me, sound mm-hmm. like me, similar backgrounds, right? Um, to me, I have the ability and some might say the luxury to, to go see the things in my social studies book in mm-hmm. real life, mm-hmm. you know? And for my kids, kids as in my classroom, you know, my students, my kids, a lot of them, they, they don't ever get that exposure. And because, you know, for whatever reason in this lifetime, you may never be able to get there. I want you to see that somebody that looks like you, I want you to see that your teacher has made it there. I've seen these things with my own eyes. And, and if I can do that, mm-hmm. then you can do that too. Like visiting these places, it is an exclusive to one group of people that isn't exclusive to a particular income bracket. It isn't exclusive to any of that um, at all. So it's important for my kids to see that diversity in tourism um, because they have great cultural stories to tell, but it's, it's just that sometimes they're just never given the chance to mm-hmm. share, you know, their cultural background. So for me, that's really important. If I'm teaching my kids something about, I don't know, Mexico, then I can pull up my pictures and say, see, I've been to this pyramid. This is what it looks like in real mm-hmm, life. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a more authentic learning experience for them, at least in my, you know, my experience. Um, traveling with my child, why that's important. We know how you know let's face the facts we know how non-blacks how they get down that that attitude of entitlement that they've seen it all they do it all we don't do nothing else Mm -hmm. and for me I think it's important for her to travel so when she is a young woman 
Mm-hmm. No one can make assumptions and say because she looks the way that she looks or because her parents or any of those things that she's never been to places. So when they start having a conversation about wherever, mm-hmm. she can say, oh, no, I've been there, but I didn't like the food. I didn't like the temperature. I didn't like this hotel. I didn't like I, she can contribute. She's just not sitting on the side feeling like oh my goodness, I haven't experienced life. And mm-hmm. you can experience life without traveling, but we know how the non-Blacks and Browns, how they can get down, right? So for me, um, I think that it's important for her to, again, see her social studies book, see the map come mm-hmm. alive for her so she can see, you know, I really like the fish in this country, but the fruits we had when we visited this place, that was the best grapes or the best watermelon. I want her to have that authentic um, experience. So when she's a young woman, when she's an adult, mm-hmm. folks know what time it is with her. She, she's not new to this, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So, and again, again, maybe it's a little bit of my bias. My, I, I think I kind of slowed down my traveling for my mom and, and, and my aunts because that's when she dead stopped to her traveling. Because mm-hmm. um, my, my mom, along with her sisters, most of her sisters, they traveled extensively, especially throughout the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom just kind of cut down on traveling when she was pregnant with me and she was in Aruba and they were on this drawbridge. And, uh, um, like they didn't realize the whistle or whatever it was for them to get off the bridge because they had to open it. And my mom is on one side with her big belly and my aunts are on the other side. And my mom saw the bridge opening and she was like, you know what? I'm going to jump because that's the smart thing to do. I'm going to jump to the other side. And the folks are trying to tell her like, no, ma'am, keep still. The bridge is going to close back. Like relax and my mom is there attempting to jump and thankfully she had a little common sense (laughs) and she did not jump or else my mommy nor me would be here um at this time so she was so shook from that experience i don't i i you know when she shares her travel stories most of them they don't go beyond having me like Mm. the exciting stuff yeah i don't think she's done much after having me um but i say all that to say I want like how I have my own travel stories now I want my daughter to be able to have her travel stories and even if she's only been to five places Mm -hmm. she can speak with authority about those five places that she's been to so yeah life is life is so much more than outside of the tri-state and people think it's it's so costly to go places. Mm-mm, it's not. I mean, you just have to put, you know, make the effort to research. But you can find really affordable um, stuff now out there. And I know, like, some airlines, some companies, they do, like, a version of Leoe mm-hmm. to do that. So, like, listen, if, if that's what you got to do, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. You want to go see these places. What? Mm-hmm. Where, there's, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, definitely, definitely. Oh. 
All right. So I'm going to transition back into uh, your running. <laughs> okay. What, what got you into running? Uh, left teaching, as I said, left teaching. Mm-hmm. And I was just home because, you know, all of my friends are at work. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And, and the year that I left teaching, New York City literally had a blizzard every weekend. So there was all the snow on the floor. So it's like, why do I need to leave the house? And then one of my cousins said, you know, you can order laundry detergent and cereal from Walmart. I said, what? Well, girl, no, I'm not leaving the house at all. I'm not, I'm not ever going back outside. So your, your diet is the same, um, but then you're not moving around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mel put on a few pounds here and there. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I, I have to, you know, kind of figure something out. And um, on Facebook, I, I think that's where I came across Black Girls Run which, you know, they have chapters all throughout the country Mm -hmm. and chapters here in New York City. So I, I, you know, joined the group and I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And it so happened that they had a group that met not terribly far, like a a 10-minute bus ride from where I lived, um, you know, to meet on the track. So they, and I, and I used to run in high school, but, uh, 100 meter, 200 meters of sprinting. So not, no endurance and no, at all. Um, so I would go, you know, once or twice a week, however often it was. And that just kind of reignited, like, oh, this feels really nice. And then also that was a really good outlet um, mm-hmm. for me too, because leaving work, you know, I had some personal, major personal stuff happening in my life also. Mm-hmm. So that it, it running came in, long distance running at least came in at the right time as a, another outlet for me to channel all of that. So the solo travel and <laughs> um, running, they kind of appeared in my life at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I started running with them and I was like, okay, I, I, I did this 10 K and I feel really good. Like what next? And I signed up for the Brooklyn half marathon because that year or well, the year that I, I, I looked at it, one of my friends ran, but it was like 20 something people that were run that ran that year. And I was just like, I was just so fascinated like, wow, like you, you ran from Prospect Park, essentially, all the way to Coney Island. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like, this is cool. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to sign up. And I signed up. And I, I you know, met, um, met up, joined another running group. Majority of the folks are West Indian. So, you know, that was an additional layer of comfort, lean, strong, mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. And the founder of the group is actually uh childhood friends with Terrence oh yeah so I signed up for the half did that you know no training anything felt really good and then you know 
people who live and breathe running, like that's really all they talk about is running, right? Like really great people, but they always talk about running. <laughs> and they were like, well, what's next for you? I was like, uh, I'm going to go home and go to sleep. I don't, I don't really know what else you want me to tell you. And they're like, you don't have any other races? I'm like, no. So everyone was like, you know, there's Chicago Marathon coming up. And the lottery was still open. And I'm a procrastinator. I always get the job done, but I procrastinate. I can't get to that. <laughs> and let's say the, 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 the lottery was closing Wednesday night at midnight. No lie, Tasia. I got on the computer like 10 something p.m., put my name in the lottery knowing damn well i'm like you're not gonna get in the lottery girl so whatever just go ahead and put your name in and then the next day when everyone's saying oh they got in they got in they got in i get an email saying congratulations (laughs) and i was like i didn't order anything from chicago what are you talking about and then i got into the lottery and i was like wait all right i you know i was able to wing those 13.1 miles Mm-hmm. You can't wing 26.2. This is always right. yeah, on yeah. your feet here. Yeah. So again, my, my travel hobby, Terrence, shout out to Terrence, um, <laughs> who he was like, oh, you have to meet my friend, Marlon, you know, who the running group Lean Strong Fast. Like he's this awesome runner. And yeah, that's how I um, got my feet wet in with, with long distance running. And I did Chicago that year. I got in the lottery the following year. And I also uh, qualified to run New York City. That was the only marathon that I wanted to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, the following year, I did Chicago and then New York City. They're like a month apart. And after that, I was like, F this shit. I have time <laughs> for this. I'm, I'm like, y'all want me to bring the waters? You want me to set the tables up? You want me to bring the snacks? You want me to bring the liquor? I'll do that. I'm not, uh-uh, I ain't got time. So I haven't done a marathon since then. I've done, you know, half marathons mm-hmm. here and there, 10K, like here and there. But um, 26.2, I'm not in the frame of mind. I'm not in the fr- I, I would have to start for me to do that. I would have to start with a couch to 5K mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. and then kind of work my way up because even though my body is relatively conditioned to do it, like if I'm forced to do it, I can get it done. It may not be, you know, a great time, yeah. but I can get it done. Um, but my mind isn't there. And if your head isn't in the game, yeah. like you're going to start imagining body pains, mm, you know, mm-hmm. thinking yeah, yeah, you broke your ankle, <laughs> like all sorts of foolish stuff. And I just know like I'm not in the mind frame, nor do I want to be in the mind frame to run a marathon um, in the next 12 to 16 months. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. So I'm slowly working my way back to that because I signed up for a virtual half marathon. Oh, yeah, and that, I, I have to get that done. Um, I think the window is like mid-September to October 1st, something like that. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's my way of mixing up my fitness, um, my fitness activity. Because after I was like, F this marathon training, I just went <laughs> full-time with my weightlifting stuff. I, I was crossfitting and running like opposite ends of the spectrum. Talk about mm-hmm. abuse to your body. 
Mm-hmm. Do not recommend, okay, zero out of 10 doing those two things at the same time. And um, once I stepped away from running marathons, I was able to find a healthy balance between running and my weightlifting stuff. So, yeah, slowly trying to get back to finding that balance between those two things. And that's dope. Yeah, making sure, you know, I, I my Meg the Stallion knees are intact. You know, <laughs> once swole over the weekend, I was like, oh, girl. Oh, girl. So, but I'm, I'm trying, Tasha. I'm trying, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. And then what made you get into weightlifting? Because I love seeing physically strong women. Mm-hmm. Um, like, now I look fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look like in my head, what a physically strong woman would, you know, an iteration of that. I look like that. Mm-hmm. But all throughout my life, up until having my child, um, I was a bag of bones. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, for some women, they're like, oh, I want to be a size zero. Mm-hmm. No, it's not fun. Do not recommend zero out of 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, like, in my, I was just like, I, I don't want to be this skinny. Like, those of you that want to be that size, that's cool. I've lived this all my life. I have no mm-hmm. interest in being, I literally felt like a bag of bones. I didn't have low self-esteem or anything, mm-hmm. but it's like, ma'am, I can see <laughs> your collarbone. I can see your hip bones. That's a problem. You know, and I just never wanted um, to continue looking that way. And uh, where I started crossfitting, Interestingly enough, my it's um, one of my sister's friends. He opened the box. And you know, on Facebook, like um, if I tag you in a picture, even if um, your friends aren't my friends, like everybody mm-hmm. will see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was something like that. And I was like, what is this CrossFit? What is this about? And she was like, oh, I, I texted my friend. He's expecting your call. I'm like, oh boy. So I called and I went and, you know, I, I, I did like the introductory stuff. And again, this, you know, all of this kind of happened when I left teaching. So I, I mm-hmm. really had time to just dedicate my free time to doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I kept on going like one month, two months, and I just really enjoyed um, one, the transformation that was happening mm. with mm. my body. Um, but then two, just, and I know people laugh at CrossFit and they're like, oh, it's cultish and it's, but it's not, it's, it's, you're really building a community mm-hmm. of people because whether or not you have self-esteem issues or not, like you walk into a box, there are no mirrors there. So mm-hmm. it's not about, how cute you look in your pants. How, like it's, no. Are you finna do this exercise or no? Because we got another class coming up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's just really about the work. And it was really about, okay, you're struggling. We're going to get in there and struggle with you. And we're going to get, you know, get this workout done with you. Even if you're the last person, it was never, well, I finished. All right, guys, see you tomorrow. It's like, oh, this person has a few more rounds to go. We're going to get in there. We're going to clap them up. We're going to do whatever it is they need to get it done. Um, So 
that was a great sense of community. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that because even though the workouts, you know, some workouts, they felt like death. It was like, well, all 12 of us are going to die together. So why not? You know? <laughs> So the camaraderie from that coupled with the camaraderie um, from running, Mm -hmm. it was like that just became, that was my drug for me. That was my healthy drug. Say no to drugs out there, people. Um, But that was my, my happy place for me, for sure. Again, even if I wasn't interested in the fitness part of it, um, just the camaraderie and just mm-hmm. you know the people that I met like I enjoyed that um, a whole lot more and, and crazy enough like doing stuff like that it, it forced me to be a more social person because mm-hmm. I'm an introvert by nature like I'll be fine to manage in a you know a small group of people but you put me in a bigger setting and I'm like Mm-mm, I'm taking my shit I'm going home I'm and <laughs> You know, and it's it's not like I'm afraid to talk to people. I'm intimate. Like, it's not any of that. I just, I don't do well. Like, mm-hmm. somebody will say hello, and I'll get irritated. I'll get angry. <laughs> you know, it's like little things like that. And the people that know me well, they recognize those mm-hmm. signs really early. So they're like, Melissa, you're getting ready to go home, aren't you? I was like, you know it. I'm going to see you all in the group chat. <laughs> Um, so doing that really forced me to be, to become a more sociable mm-hmm. person. Like, it's okay to just go up to somebody and say hello, like, you know, say hello and keep it moving, make some small talk and keep it moving. So I'm grateful to have, have those, um, folks in the fitness community, um, yeah, along the way. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about as far as like the communities. Um, same thing in cycling and mm-hmm. skating. You have these people that love doing these other activities. You know, you know, my friends who I grew up with or who I hang out with may not enjoy riding a bike or skating. Mm-hmm. But I have a community of people who do. And if we are um if we're training for something. I know that they're going through the same thing, just like you said. Like, all right, we're yeah. we're all training for this century, or this race, or this yeah. marathon. So we are all together in this, and um, we could push each other, support each other, or what have you. Whereas, you know, your friends and family who aren't into that will be like, "All right, so we're not going out, we're not drinking, we're not doing this." You're like, "No, mm-hmm. I can't because I have to wake up super early." To, yeah, you know, so. Um, I think anyone who's going on any type of journey, find a community, find a tribe of like-minded individuals who are on that same journey because it'll make it 10 times better. Yeah. And, and, and as you mentioned, like, you know, the uptick in black cyclists, Mm -hmm. um, and they were in existence before, you know, COVID decided to come tap dance how we around the country <laughs> and the world. Um, for you, like, how do you, how, how has, how has the community, well, I won't even say accepted, but like, how does the community, the black cycling community, how do they feel about this uptick in black cyclists? Um, and especially like more and more women. Yeah. How has that been? Um, 
it's been great. And mm-hmm. just speaking to other cyclists, it's like you are happy to see other black people on bikes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, especially on certain routes where I'm, you know, on one side and the other side and I see a black person, I'm waving to them. I'm yeah. giving them a head nod. You know, yeah. other, you wave to other cyclists in general, but it's, I'm waving to a black one, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman, yeah. oh, what's up, sis? You know? Yeah. So I think um, everyone's happy, you know, Good. that now that you see more of us on 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 the road. It's yeah. like, I, I, I wave to somebody. I'll give them a head nod in mm-hmm. a minute. You know, so yeah. That's cool. That's cool. It's it's refreshing to see. Listen, when when people say representation matters, it's not just a phrase. That's that's what it means. You know, bringing yeah. it to life. It, it really bringing it to life. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it um. So speaking of representation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. What is Represent We? Okay. So Represent We, it's a people-powered initiative to advocate for a local law um, that would grant municipal voting rights to green card holders, DACA recipients, and other work permit holders. That's it in a nutshell, how the law um, is written. In everyday speak, it's the black and brown folks that give this city flavor, that give this city mm-hmm. culture, that make the wheels turn, that keep us safe, that pay their taxes, that own property, that own businesses, that contribute to their community, and now being given the opportunity to join the political process and to be able to vote for the mayor of New York City, to be able to vote for, you know, the council representative for their district. So that was founded um, off of that when I discovered that bill because I am a green card holder. Mm-hmm. I um, pay my taxes way more than Trump, by the way. <laughs> okay, let the record show. And yet, you know, I stand in front of my kids and I always, you know, tell them, be seen, be heard. And here I am, paying my taxes, doing my due diligence. Yeah, I'm seen, but am I really being heard in the political process? Um, so it's, it is to advocate for folks like me uh, to be able to vote and join the political process at the local level. The law is only to... Um, mm shift the voting right at the local level okay and it needs to be shifted yeah it's um for sure De- definitely definitely for, uh, for sure um I-, I mean the the bill was introduced in 2020 january 2020 mm-hmm. um, it's the third version of the bill ever introduced in city council but i think because of um, we're all kind of forced to stay inside right well not yeah. so much now but then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like there is no turning your eye away from the issues at hand like we were forced to 
take a good look at, at the problems that as a city, as a state, as a country that we were facing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, seeing the protests happening, and for me, my thing is, as an American citizen, you go out, you protest, you get arrested, somebody bails you out, it's all good. For an immigrant person, whether they be documented, um, uh, undocumented, some, sorry, whether they be um, legal permanent resident like myself, whether they are a DACA recipient, aka a dreamer, you go out, you protest, you get arrested. The consequences are very different. Mm-hmm. The consequences are different. So, you know, if you can do all of those other things, if you're willing to put your your life on the line, your freedom on the line, you know, you get up, you go to work, whatever the case is, then to the fullest extent of the law, you should be able to, to participate because I can legally still donate money to any political campaign, any, any, you know, political organization, any candidate that I want, but I can't, I can't take part in that political process at Mm -hmm. the local level, you Mm -hmm. know, which to me, it's, it's problematic because again, if I have a restaurant, right, I have a a nightclub, I have a hardware store, whatever the case may be, um, I'm employing folks in the community. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to tell me my taxes that goes towards paying this politician that's representing my neighborhood. And I know that this man or this woman, you know, they're involved in some shady stuff. And I can't at least make my one vote count towards not getting the shady person, the shady individual, you know, away from the Mm -hmm. political seat. That's really um, problematic and you know, immigrant voices, and, and I'm, I'm going to speak specifically to the Caribbean or West Indian experience, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of always gets removed from conversations um, like this because, you know, folks are protesting and you, you hear folks quoting and talking about Marcus Garvey and Stokely Carmichael and Franz mm-hmm. Bonner. Those are all people rooted in West Indian culture, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you're, you're quoting authors and scholars with West Indian roots, but then there is no West Indian representation in the rest of the conversation. So that's how Represent Me kind of came about. My, the good sis, um, Black Girl SOS, you know, guys, check it out. Um, she is uh, really critical to the work of Represent Me. Uh, mm-hmm. She supports the, you know, the, the, the legal aspect. She's the head legal in charge at represent, <laughs> at represent re- head uh, legal counsel in charge there. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was literally like no lie, Tasia. It was literally just a conversation last year around this time, her and I on the phone. Mm. And I was like, I'm thinking, I found out about the bill. Like, I don't know. And she's like, we're going to figure it out. Um, here's your homework. We'll have these check-ins once a week and then we'll take it from there. And, you know, I do my homework. And as I said, she is, uh, the legal counsel. So she'll understand the legalese language of all of this mm-hmm. and to break it down. And it's, it's, it's so crazy that the notebook that I, I have that I would always take, you know, my notes in. 
and like some of the organizations that you know she listed these are the ones that I should try to reach out to or work with or get on board with a lot of those organizations that's kind of manifested itself Mm. um Mm. And that wasn't even like, I wrote it down, but just never even looked at it again until I think like a few months ago. And I was just kind of rereading some notes. And I said to her, Tasha, my friends and all of this, I said, can you believe like, I'm looking at these notes and here it is, these individuals or some of these organizations, you know, represent me has been able to create a relationship with them, uh, um, a genuine relationship, um, not based on favors, not just just by going out there and and doing the work. So, mm. yeah, you know, it's it's social media is is great and it's helpful. Um, but this was for it to have grown to the way that it was. It was really being out there in public, having conversations with folks, and growing the awareness of represent we and of course my tribe like you know the the, mm-hmm. the the people who have been it's like five people who've been really critical from the first conversation of represent we up until to where we are now which is a public hearing for the bill on the 20th of september so at city hall um to to you know fast forward to that uh, a year later that's you know, school teacher, (laughs) you know, it's like the little engine that could, (laughs) the idea, it became something tangible. And here it is. And and there's a possibility that this, a strong possibility, I should say, that this bill could become law. And that's something that wouldn't just affect me personally, like, yes, I personally benefit from it. Yeah. But practically my whole neighborhood would benefit mm-hmm. from something like that. You know, huge uh, sections of Brooklyn and the Bronx and Queens would benefit from a bill like that becoming law. So it's an exciting time. Yeah, a, a lot right. of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New York City would benefit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> we live in a melting pot. Yeah, and- it's like, according to the data... um recently released data from the, the census, it is upwards of uh, um, 600,000 people in New York City within the five boroughs that would benefit mm. if this bill were to become law. That's 600 people, 600,000 people added to the political conversation. Do you know how impactful yeah. that is? Yes. Yeah. So it's, Yeah looking forward to it girl looking forward to it oh that's dope that that is really dope and um and thank you for you your continued support always 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 you know thank you for that yeah anything that i could do just let me know and speaking of that what can people do um to spread the word or like how can other people help uh, definitely follow the Instagram page at represent we um, and in the link tree all the information is there whether it's the change.org petition whether it's the represent website and in that website 
one click, I promise you it takes them more than two minutes, if so much, in one click, you email all the city council representatives, all 51 of them, uh, in, in addition to a few senators, state senators, and letting them know that you support this bill and this bill needs to become law. So it all pre-populates, less than two minutes, you hit send, and that email is sent off for you. So that's the best way. Keeping the pressure on because, yeah, the public hearing, we have it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, we can't celebrate until the mayor signs off on it and it yeah. becomes official law. So we're still holding our breath just a little. We can't celebrate just yet. Listen, sending you good vibes, good vibes. Yes, yes, definitely. Vibes, we'll take good all. Vibes. <laughs> good vibes. Yeah, that's, that's really dope. Like, uh, after speaking with, with you, like, representation matters in everything mm-hmm. <laughs> representation yeah. matters in everything from traveling to running to, to doing things that quote unquote we don't traditionally do yeah 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 no for for sure because i'm telling you these non-black and browns out here sometimes they don't know their place girl they don't know their place <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't want anyone getting into trouble, getting out of character necessarily. <laughs> you know, so definitely the more they see us out and about and occupying spaces, mm-hmm. whether it be our own spaces that we've created for ourselves, like they need to know and recognize because they know, but they need to recognize we outside too. We're doing things too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and definitely for for our own people, seeing it can be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, where there's a will, there's a way, and that's that's speaking to represent we. Where yeah. there's a will, there's a way. Listen, it's it's it, it's it 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 takes a village. You know, I might be the face of it, um, but it's there's absolutely no way that I can stand mm-hmm. on a soapbox and say well it's all melissa i was the mm-hmm. one solely doing all the hard work it, it took a village it took you know a tribe of individuals that i trusted and they trusted me to help bring this from an idea to something tangible to what it is um today yeah so i'm forever indebted to them that's, that's another theme through this uh, conversation, a tribe, having a yeah. tribe. I know, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm indebted to them. So, and they know who they are. If, if I can give them a quick shout out, like we're on the radio, like, yeah, it's go ahead. <laughs> as I said, go you know, ahead. my, my head counsel in charge, um, who is an attorney by profession, Natasha Lessington. Um, and she has a really great podcast also. And again, she, you know, was one of the first ones to be like, yes, by all means, use my platform to push, you know, share this message. Let's get it out to the masses. A Black Girl SOS, my other friend, May Lynn, who's been really helpful in, you know, lighting that fire under me. And it's like, you know, Melissa... The people that need to show up, the people that are going to help, the people that are going to listen are the ones that need. You can't focus on the ones that aren't 
going to support that you can't put your energy there you know um so she has also created space for me to help represent we um grow my other friend marlon who's always been like a sounding board for all of this like very objective um in his feedback really helpful in 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 like different ideas connected me with some really amazing people um you know to again help move this agenda forward and and help build the public awareness behind the bill and then my other two uh friends Carla and Jason they have also been like really helpful whether it be you know me trying to get different politicians um like when i i was doing mondays with the mayor you know securing folks like that or from like any tech stuff for the website or like pushing stuff out on social media or just being a sounding board for me when i just need to vent and i feel like human beings you know need to be attacked by the aliens mm-hmm. um they've been there to listen <laughs> you know listen to that and my other friend artisha that you know, despite, you know, her crazy work schedule and everything that's been happening in her life, she always makes time and made time to, you know, listen to what it is I have going on. So I've, I, I'm just, I've been very lucky mm-hmm. and I've been blessed to have them support me um, and support the mission of Represent Me because it's not about me um, from then up until now so you know i look forward to when the bill is law so that we could really celebrate and yeah. like really turn up because it's like oh a weight off your shoulder you know the work isn't done but we, we we laid the first block in the ground we laid the first block so now it's let's continue building so that's what we're trying to get to bro get this bill to be law that's right that's right mm-hmm well, like I said, you know, sending positive vibes. We'll take it. And um, I know it'll it'll become a law. I'm saying it here. It'll become a law. <laughs> <laughs> right? Speak it into existence. Exactly. That's what you got to do. <laughs> speak it. Speak it. Listen, the amount of work... Um, all the other community organizations have put into this um, to collectively get it to where it's at, to have, you know, different politicians, uh, city council representatives sign on. It has to become law. It has to, not with all this fire under it. It's like, you know, it's the finish line is right there. The finish line is right there, and it will happen. We said it here on the show. It will happen. That's right. (laughs) Let's talk our ish, okay? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and sharing your experiences giving me some ideas about some places to travel. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, No, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me because I know you're a busy lady. So I I feel honored (laughs) that, you know, um, you you consider me to to join on your platform. So thank you for that. Of, Of course, of course. Any final words before we wrap up? 
Uh, no, as I said, you know, thanks for having me on the show. I wish you continued uh, luck in all of your various adventures. I, I think that's a really admirable quality about you that you're just so fearless. It's like I, I, I go on Instagram <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she's doing something else, which I think is so amazing. Um, given that we're living in a time of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So I wish you continued um, blessings with that. And again, if anyone else wants to find out about what I do, my passion project in the meantime, they can find me on Instagram, represent me for my pa- passion project. And me personally, 868 in the 718, but my page is private because I'm paranoid. Hey! <laughs> 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 first of all that sounded like a rhyme right there <laughs> i know right i know erin i'll come get me <laughs> oh man thank you again melissa no thank you this, this was fun yeah this was fun <laughs> right um this is the rolling with tay podcast i'm your host tasia aka tay and this is episode 16